What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. Today, we are talking about Mary's menstruation cycle. Is that what you said? This is the disclaimer. You gave it right away. Like, well, that's what you said. Oh, we need to put a disclaimer on yeah. here. If, that is a disclaimer, if though. If you yeah. have children. Watching we won't go beyond talking about menstruation, but that we will be saying the word menstruation and cycle. But Okay. I just wanted to just address want to the elephant. everyone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is a this, man. I can hear this now. This is, mommy. What's menstruation? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Follow me here. I don't want to get too graphic, okay. but this is. Right, a, I got you. I'm this is. And you got uh, this. This is one way to look at the miraculous virgin birth in a okay. way that you may not have looked at, yeah. piecing together rabbinic history. So we're going to go okay. dive deep into the Mishnah. Yeah. Rabbinic history of the miraculous births. Okay, <laughs> so, so I just thought about other us, miraculous births. Us, us titling oh, yeah. this episode <laughs> "Mary's Menstruation Cycle." Sorry, Robert. That write may that actually down. get a lot of people. Yeah, watch. I, I mean, who we're going to title know. this. Okay, okay. On, I don't sorry. know, but anyway. Okay, let's start in verse twenty-nine. Oh, uh, actually, let's start in. Um, no, let's go to verse thirty-one. Here we go. Okay, now listen. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Ooh. Okay, go back and read verse 26, and I want you to see two words in there. That, so this is a miraculous birth overshadowing by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. for a woman who hasn't had sexual relations. We know that. We know that from the text. But I want to go back and look at a word, how it was used in that context. And it's the word in verse 26, 27, it's used twice. Watch the word. Verse 26, 126, Luke. Okay. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Okay. This is actually a prophecy, a fulfillment of a prophecy given by Isaiah some seven, 800 years before, 700 years before in uh, Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. See, you will, the, the woman in, or see in Bethlehem, you will be a virgin and the virgin, well, let's read it. So I'm getting on a cut. I'm trying to quote it, but it's not right. Okay. And of course, I don't have an Old Testament. So Isaiah. we got to go to Candy's cell phone. Yep. Ooh. Yep, go for it. Okay, Isaiah 714. Let's read the verse so we get the context. 714. Okay, here we go. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Here's See, a sign. the virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel. Okay, the virgin the virgin will conceive and have a son named Emmanuel. Now, the word virgin is in Hebrew, Betulah. Okay, that's the word there. And that word can mean virgin, but it's also associated, particularly in this context, with having the physical inability to conceive a child. Not as a result, this is where we start with, not Mm. as a result of intercourse, but as a result of menstruation, right? Her body basically, in the context of the word, her body is not physically able to have children because of her age. Now, why is that important? Because back then, what age would a would a woman particularly could be, a lot of times, be betrothed? What was the age? Do you remember? Uh, was it 16? No, way earlier. Oh. Way like earlier. 13. Earlier. 12. It could be 12. <clears throat> wow. Girls could actually, now this is hard for us to even understand. Girls <laughs> could get betrothed at the age of 12 and be married. Um, and because of that, some are not able to conceive 
even though they are betrothed or even married. So I've even heard when I was in Israel, I would talk to our tour guides and I'd say, yeah, I, I think Mary was a teenager, probably 14, 15. And I've had two of the four tour guides last time we were there say, I actually think Mary could be 12. This is wow. what they told me, the tour guides there. Um, because of that, because they could get married at 12 and because they had no ability to get pregnant because of menstruation, the rabbis actually intervened and they put provisions or protection. Wow. This is, this is mm. all connected. And I can give you the reference the rabbis actually put provisions. And here's what they said. A husband shall not have intercourse with his wife until the girl has menstruated three times. This is the provisions in the Mishnah for protection for wow. the, the people. In the Mishnah, the rabbis also asked the question. Now remember, for those who are wondering, what is the Mishnah? The Mishnah is a, a commentary, if you will, a collection of teachings by rabbis and sages on the Bible. So the Mishnah is not inspired and the Mishnah could be the oral law as well, but, uh, the, the, the Mishnah and the Talmud. But the Mishnah is not inspired, but the Jewish people hold it really high with the word of God, okay? So the rabbis asked the question, who is a virgin? And one of the rabbis said, the one who has never seen blood, even though she is married. Now, that's a whole new perspective. Wow. Yeah. The one I mean, who's never seen blood even, even more miraculous. Right, yes, yes, you see where I'm going. Because her physical capability, it was impossible. It was, watch where we're going here. Philo, who is a well-respected Jewish philosopher in the first century, Philo himself said this, a virgin is someone who is unable to conceive. See, we always view Mary as just being young and not physically active with Joseph. Right. And that was true. But if this is the case, and we look at the root word and what it meant back then, it's way bigger than that, right? right? Now watch this. Philo said that Sarah, in her old days, watch this, oh, was on yeah. the opposite yeah. extreme of someone who couldn't physically yeah. conceive. So you have her on that extreme. He also said, you're going to love this, Elizabeth, because of her age, missed the window, and so she physically could not conceive. I think it's wow. fascinating. Mm. Watch this. When the angel, as we read already, when the angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to miraculously conceive on the front end of being a woman in marriage as a 12, 13-year-old, but your cousin Elizabeth, who was on the back end, book-ending womanhood, right. who has passed the window of conception, physically, is also conceiving wow. at the same time. You talk wow. about a double miracle. I mean, God's like mic drop moment. Like, I mean, like, but that's what God does. He he healed people who were born deaf and mute. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So not even restoring what was yeah, used well, to be there, but doing good. something yes, that that's good. is completely impossible. Yes, which is what Mary says at the end. Wow, yeah. wow, this seems in the answer. Listen, what's impossible for man or woman is... Oh, it's possible. Yeah, yeah impossible. It's possible. Is impossible. For God. Now, why is this important? Why, why do I draw this? It heightens yeah. the birth of Jesus. This is a miraculous birth upon miraculous birth. Without sexual relationships with Joseph, it's miraculous. Because what Mary's saying is, well, I've never been with a man. What she's saying is, I've never been with a man and I am physically unable to have a child. That puts it in a whole new category. Now, here's the thing. This parallels a couple other births in the Bible. It parallels the birth of Isaac, who Sarah was well older in age. Mm -hmm. It parallels the birth of who? John. Samuel. Oh, John. We're getting to John. Samuel. 
and John the Baptist. And it puts Jesus, now why, why is that important? Because God always is doing something to call back to something he's already done, right? right? He's just rewriting a story. Now, Jesus, obviously, exponentially greater. Verse 34, watch this. Mary says this line, which is, which is interesting. She says, how can this be, right? Can you read this? Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? Now, what Mary's saying is, listen, I understand how the birds and bees work. I get that. But what I'm saying is I'm not physically able and I won't be for at least three or four more months. Right. Now, verse 35. What does that mean? Uh, that's best case scenario. Best case scenario. That's three or four case. more months. Because remember the rabbi said when you get, and they weren't even married, so it's yeah. not even there yet. Yeah. Three or four more months or what? Well, because, he, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, they said, he said that the written law said that even. Oh, because she has to do it three times. Yes. Right. You. Yes. But we don't know 100% about this menstruation thing. This is just what, on average, could have been for a woman, is what you're saying. I'm saying what the rabbis figured out, because it was prevalent in the culture. Women were getting married at a young age. There were complications or all these things that came. They 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 didn't have doctors or scientists. They just knew that a young girl having sex with an older man, maybe older and teen or 19, 20, is a problem. So what they said was, you need to let the woman develop, you know, uh, her, her body develop, and then you can have sexual relations with her. And so that was a rule, that was a law hmm. uh, that they put in place. And so Mary's saying, I'm three, four months after marriage, you right. know, or, or, or three, four months more, how is this even possible? Verse 35, the angel said to her, let's read it again, and here's the key word, overshadow. It's an interesting word here. The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Okay, that's good. That's good. Overshadow is the key word here, okay? Okay. Overshadow is another word that means what? What does it mean when God says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you? Hovering, but but, but more than, that's good. good. She likes to get right I thought you were about to say hovering. And then give us a verse. But anyway, go ahead. No, no. Over, you're talking about the Holy Spirit at the uh, baptism. That's good. That's good. No, no. I was thinking about in creation, but go ahead. Going Old Testament on us. Okay. Overshadow means cover. It's a okay. covering. Put covering. a blanket to cover someone. Okay. Mm-hmm. The covering of the Holy Spirit, contrary to some think, is not a sexual innuendo. When the Holy Spirit's coming on Mary, right. it's not right. a sexual innuendo. It's basically an explanation of a miraculous event or the power of God. Now, the question we ask ourselves in studying in the Bible, where else do we find this concept in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit covering someone, covering someone? And we find it in two particular places, okay? Two particular places. You know where they are? where the Holy Spirit, or you have this idea of covering someone, not Holy Spirit, but just covering. Okay, don't tell us. I'll give you a clue though. It has to do with the anointing oil or the anointing covering of someone. Okay, would it be David? King David. Woohoo! That's good. Andrew? Oh, I have no idea. It's another king. Oh, wait, Saul. King Saul. So so when they were anointed or covered with the power of God, it's like the Holy Spirit covering. Now, but it goes further. It actually is found in the New Testament with a promise from Jesus before he departs. He says, but boys, you're in for a treat because someone is coming. Ooh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Yes, the Mm, Holy Spirit will come upon you or cover you as a disciple, but it's more than that. Ooh. It's actually the picture, you ready for this, of the Shekinah glory Mm. of God 
descending upon his tabernacle to rest with his people. Now, that has so many things you can think about. Why? Because inside of Mary, Mm. inside of Mary is the pre-incarnate Christ before the foundation of the world. God himself in the form of flesh, the Shekinah glory of God encapsulated in a human, what is it, a zygote? Is that what a baby's born? A zygote, the, the, you know, the brand new baby out of the egg. And, <laughs> is it a zygote? A zygote, I don't know, a zygote. <laughs> this baby embryo. inside of Mary, this embryo inside of Mary, this 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 child, right. if you will. Let's go there. Uh, it's actually God, you ready for this? Tabernacling, mm. being, dwelling with his people. Wow. Inside of Mary, which is what the Holy Spirit does now, which is yeah, which is exactly what because you got to remember back then in the Old Testament before the New Testament when Jesus ascended, the the Old Testament the Holy Spirit of God did not dwell permanently inside a person. Right. Did yeah. you know the difference? That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Old New Testament right. in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit what Andrew like a, attached or like came on came on and, came yeah. upon intermittently right sporadically. Which is why David said, please, please don't, don't let take, your spirit leave me. Yes. Yeah. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me because he came intermittently. God would come upon a person, man or woman, miraculously, and then he would leave. Right. But the New Testament, this is something to praise the Lord for. Aren't you glad that when you surrender your life to Jesus and you confess your sin, which is why repentance is so crucial for salvation, a holy vessel cannot occupy, I mean, a holy being cannot occupy the space of an unclean vessel. Right. Which is why we supernaturally confess and repent of our sin to cleanse ourselves once and for all, past and future, in a sense, so that God himself by his spirit dwells within us. Mm. Mm. So that's the difference from the Old and New Testament, right. okay? Now, we're gonna, add, we're gonna add one or two more things and we're gonna be done. I wanna show you what the name, the significance of the name of Jesus is in verse 31. So I want you to read this. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Mm. Now, why mm. is that important, Andrew? Why is the fact that the angel's right. going to give the name to Mary? Mary? Because it is means Emmanuel, which is in the prophecy. Yes. The call back to prophecy, yes. But Jesus being given a name right. before birth— reminds us of a few Old Testament men who were actually given a name before birth. Okay, so let's do pop quiz here. Okay. Pop quiz for the audience listening. I want you to name the people in the Old Testament whose name, just glaringly, was given to them before birth. Do you know who they were? Let's just do four of them. There's there's two more, but I'm going to read those in a minute. Four of them. Number one. Three of them start with the letter I. Give you a hint. Okay, Isaiah. Isaiah, that's the end one. Yes, bing, bing, bing. Uh-huh. Isaiah. Isaac? Isaac, another one. His name was given. Ishmael, his name was given. And Solomon, Solomon, his name was given. Now watch this. According to the Midrash, which is a commentary in um, the, um, in the uh, Mishnah, on the Old Testament, and for those who are interested, Robert, you put this in the show notes, Pirke Rabbi De Eliezer. That's the actual reference. Okay. Pirkei Pirke is just the uh, the collection uh, of the, of the um, Midrash. Pirkei Rabbi D. Eliezer, Eliezer. Verse, uh, page 32. Here it is, 32, the 32, 32nd entry. Here's what he says. The rabbis, now this is not 
this, these are not messianic rabbis. These are not people who believe in Jesus. This is what the rabbis said at that time, first century, about the coming Messiah. Here's what they said. They said, God will give the sign of the Messiah's coming by giving his name to him before birth, just like, quote, Isaac, Ishmael, Moses, Solomon, Josiah, and King Messiah. So even the unbelieving in Jesus rabbis right. knew, right. they knew that, that, the, that the sign wow. of his coming mm -hmm. will be God himself giving his name wow. before he actually comes. And what does Jesus's name mean? In Hebrew, it's Yeshua. This is how right. you pronounce it. Yeshua or Yeshua or Yeshua. I've heard both ways. Yeshua, which is a derivative of Yehoshua, where we get the word what? Joshua. Joshua. Right. Both of them mean, in a sense, you could say, Yeshua. Guess what his name means? His name, his very name, salvation. Did you know that? The Lord is salvation. Yes. His name means, <laughs> Andrew looking on his uh, trusty Bible My reference. Tool. Your tool. My tool. His name means salvation, which I think is fascinating. When he goes to Zacchaeus' house, remember this? He says, today. Yeah. I love this. Salvation. Salvation's come, come to, to your, your house. house. It's Whoa. a play on words. Wow. Yeah. Not only is he <laughs> saved, but the reason he's saved is because I am here. Yeah. Let's close to verse 38. We're almost done. Mm -hmm. And this will really put a bow on it for you, Andrew. Okay. Anything you're thinking, you got a thought? Oh, yeah. I got some thoughts. Do you I mean, two things that are okay. sticking out to me. One, praise God for the security of our salvation, that the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. He's yeah. with us. Mm. He doesn't leave us. And, and two... Your situation may feel impossible, but God continues to show up and work in the impossible. Bro, you're 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 dovetailing perfectly into the close of this episode. Okay. I love it. the Holy Spirit's actually working in there that. You, go. you see, He's even working now. Okay, that's good. Verse thirty-eight, Candy. Let's close it up. I want you to see what happens. Now, put yourself in Mary's shoes. Mary is this twelve, thirteen-year-old girl. She is home. You're home alone, ladies, tonight. You're 14, 12, 13, whatever, young girl. And all of a sudden, an angel appears in your bedroom by yourself. And the angel has this news. You're going to, you can't physically, but you're going to conceive. You haven't had sexual relations with a man. You're going to conceive miraculously. Here's the name of this child. Oh, by the way, he's going to save not only the nation, but mm. the world. Right. Mm. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> right. Uh, and here's what's going to happen. Okay, miraculously. I want you to think about this. What would you do at that point? How, the angels, the angels finish. What, what, are, what are you thinking in your mind? Okay, how am I going to explain this to number one, my fiance? Right. Number two, what will my friends say about this story, really? Mm -hmm. Or um, what are my parents going to say? What are the townspeople going to think? I mean, right. these are all the things swirling in her mind. So instead of Mary pushing back and saying any of that, I want you to see how Mary finishes this encounter with the angel. Verse 38, watch this. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Wow. Hmm. Wow is right. Watch this. This probably could be the greatest response in the entire Bible of obedience and submission to the plan of God. Right. See, it, it changes the story if you think Mary is like us in the sense of, if you think Mary is something special, she's sinless, co-redemptorist, you know, with Christ and immaculate conception, then it's not surprising because she's right. been waiting for this. Yeah. Like she sure. knows this. Yeah. Like, oh, it's no big deal. I've been waiting. How long have you been? I mean, really. 
But if you look at Mary like any of us, you know, the angel's here, and you're overwhelmed, this passage should cause your heart to skip a beat. Mm-hmm. We should not gloss over this at all. Why? Because in an instant, her life is changed mm-hmm. for eternity. Right. Mm-hmm. She finds out she's going to give birth to a son. His name is the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah that we've been waiting for. How's this going to happen? Oh, by the way, trust God. Right. He'll cover you with his spirit. She takes a deep breath, and the first thing out of her mouth is this. May it be according to your word. Mm. May it be according to what you say. And with these words, Christ is coming to the world. Wow. Now, why is that important? Can you say the same thing if you're listening? When God calls you, leads you to do some impossible task. It's hard sometimes. I mean, think about that. Yeah. When you're overwhelmed in your circumstances. Here's what she's saying. God, I don't understand everything, but I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to trust you. If you fall on difficult times and you're listening, can you trust God and say, may it be as you have said in your word. If you lose a loved one and you're walking in life alone now and you don't know what what to do and it doesn't make sense, may it be to me according to your word. I'm going to trust by faith and not by sight. If you lose your job, if you get a cancer diagnosis or a medical issue you're dealing with right now, you're going through chemo, radiation, dialysis, you just had a back surgery, you're in pain, you're trying to get off of drugs, you see, and you don't understand, all my friends have left me, I'm in jail, or I'm in prison, I'm just getting out, uh, I'm in an unlikely situation, may it be to me according to your word. That's why I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Yeah. And lean not on your own understanding. That's what Mary's not doing. She's right. To her understanding, this makes no sense. But it's not based on my understanding, God. I know that what's poss- impossible for man is possible for you. And so I would just say, whatever the impossible thing you're struggling with in life right now, trust in God and follow his leading, not your own understanding. In right. all your ways, he will guide you mm-hmm. and he'll direct your path. It may not be a, listen, direct your path doesn't mean straight and narrow. It can be a zigzag path. It can be a couple times around the mountain like the Israelites, but eventually we're going to all find our way in the promised land. Right. Mm. Wow. Well, Pastor, thank you for that candy. Thank you. Excuse me. I got a little choked up on that one as well. Uh, Well, listen, if you find yourself in this season, man, a great opportunity to, I don't know, pray and adjust your perspective maybe and look for how God may be working in the midst of whatever situation you find yourself in. I promise you, he is right there in the midst of it with you. Uh, You know, somebody asked me one time, how do I know if I'm following the will of God? Like, how do I know if I'm doing that? And I always go back to Psalm 119, uh, 109 or whatever, where it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the cool thing about a lamp is that it doesn't shine all the way down the path. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to see all the way down. I want to know... What's what's coming, but then I'm gonna take the I'm gonna make my own choice and and do that. But a lamp lights up just what's right in front of you. That's good. And as just long where as your feet walk, exactly. That's good, as yeah. long as you're in the Word, you take one step of obedience. The next step, the next step, next thing you know, you end up hundred steps down the path, but exactly where you're supposed to be. So, so good. Yeah, I like to say when you're down to nothing, God's always up to something. Yeah. yeah. Candy, anything you want to add? That's good, Andrew. Okay, listen, well, hey, that's a lot to discuss with your groups. If you got any questions, give us a shout, give us a follow on Instagram at The Forgotten Jesus. We'd love to connect with you there. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Candy. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.